Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Tuesday night. I haven't tripped myself up and I haven't tripped you guys up either. It's uh, ladies' night, but it's on a Tuesday, thanks to Newcastle playing on a Monday. So it's good evening to Kendall, to Sav, to Samantha and to Katie. And um, we're going to de- we've decided off air and uh, Kendall's idea. We're just going to talk about um, knitting and cake, cake, cake making <laughs> and um, I don't know anything but football tonight because... Uh, you know, we're just so absolutely pissed off, aren't we, really, about Newcastle United? I think there's no other way to describe it. Um, and Kendall, it's very apt you are next to me tonight on the screen because you went off on a right rant last night. You did a you did a Steve Hasty, a Steve Wraith and a Kate Yall in one last night on your, on your own YouTube channel, which people should should subscribe to. Um, tell, us, tell us how you're feeling the morning after the night before. Oh, well, I feel worse because I was expecting to wake up to, you know, club statement. Uh, <laughs> Steve Bruce has left the club by mutual consent and we didn't. And uh, it is now, what, half past seven, so it's still not happening. So, you know, I've let, I've let it go that it's not happening um, anytime soon again today. So, just, you know, just got to make like Elsa, let it go um, because, you know, nothing's going to change anytime soon um, <laughs> at this point. How late were you there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look. Let, let, I mean, let's let's look at it in the cold light of day. Um, I'll try and play devil's advocate. We'll go to Arsenal. We don't expect anything down there. Um, Mikel Arteta's never lost a game against Newcastle in nine games as a player as a manager. Newcastle haven't won down there since two thousand and ten. Um, you know, we just lost down there in the FA Cup, albeit a far narrower game than than last night. But going to Arsenal tends to end up with zero points. So what was it that made you want to rant as much as you did last night? It just got too much. Watching that game was just too much. Like, the, just even from the beginning, from the very... He was like, oh, gloves are off. Even before the game, was gloves are off. I've let the players be comfortable. And now it's time to, you know, instill my way. I'm thinking, you've been manager of the club for 19 months and you've let the players do what they want. Is that normal behaviour? Because I don't think it is for a start. That's very strange, Steve, but okay. Um, I'll let you just have the benefit of the doubt, you know, because I said I'll, I'll not say anything about the lineup till, you know, um, the game finishes or, well, starts, because I mean, started well, didn't I? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, so then I just look back for, okay, fair enough. I think we've all said fair enough, back four will probably be better. But then he goes and puts craft in a back four. Straight, very strange decision. When Yedlin's been all, playing all right, um, and I did say in my video as well that arguably, because I know people will love to argue with me about it, but I feel like personally Mankio is our best defensive right back. Not the best right back, defensively. Albeit he hasn't played for a while, so that's fine, but I would have had Yedlin in there. Second of all, Jamal Lewis comes back into the squad, and how many times have we said on this show Jamal Lewis's defensive awareness is is very quite low for a flat if you want to play a flat left back you know in a back, in a back four so he goes and puts Jamal Lewis in there oh, another odd decision um and then obviously Joe Linton plays on the left so with Jamal Lewis and Joe Linton on the left I mean you know you're looking a bit dodgy already there Carolyn Wilson I was fine with Carolyn Wilson playing up front together because that's what I wanted originally um and then I thought Murphy should have probably been on, really. Um, 
main could I go on? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then obviously we played like that, and it was just like I, I don't even actually know what to say about the game. And we knew that we could quite easily play like play them because we had in the FA Cup. It only took us to extra time. Extra time killed us off, and we only had one sub left in extra time in the FA Cup. So we knew that realistically. We could go. We could give them a game, a decent game. They haven't been good. They've been very poor. And yes, they're on form. They've been on form recently. I think are they unbeaten in five or whatever? Um, first time since two thousand twelve or something like that. Um, and that's fair enough. But we didn't. We absolutely sat back yesterday. In fact, I do. I think we only had. Did we have one shot on target? Possibly. Yeah. Like we, I don't think Callum Wilson touched the ball apart from once in the first half. I didn't see him anywhere near the ball. Andy Carroll just may as well go and be a defensive midfielder because he plays centre-back half the time. Just go, let him be, he's, he might be the box-to-box midfielder we've all been missing. Sign his friends, stick Andy Carroll in midfield. You never know, because he can play centre-back and he can play a striker. There, there we go, that, there's a, a problem solved. For me, Like if that's the way it's going to go, I just... I can't sit and watch that again. I, I can't. I literally can't sit and watch that whole mess of the performance yesterday. It was like I've, I've said before: we go out not to lose. We, the mentality is not there to win a game. Like you're not going out there to win a game. And for me now, that can't continue because this next one of fixtures again, like over Christmas, is difficult. We've obviously got Aston Villa. We've got Leeds. Got Man United and Chelsea at the beginning of February. Like it's just not. It's not looking good for us again. And right now, because we've obviously lost again, we're just going to be dragged back down in the relegation and in the relegation zone. And if this continues, it's going to be a struggle to get out of it. And obviously now, if he doesn't go, then this transfer window that yes, we probably wouldn't utilise to the best of our abilities because we don't have cash to spend. But there probably is two loan spells available there. And if we don't utilise that and say a manager comes in at the beginning of February. There's a transfer window gone, which was exactly the problem when McLaren got uh, got sacked because it, Rafa came in too late, came in the March. So he came in far too late to utilise the transfer window to keep us up. So this is the problem. This is why I'm saying too little. Like, it's going to be too late again. And obviously, Fulham have now picked up their points with changing their formation and um, their team. Um, you know, st- I mean, Sheffield United play better attacking football than us. Like, that's a genuine truth. Yeah, OK. Well, that's a, a great start and, and great points made by Kendall. Sav, um, are you as annoyed and as frustrated? Yeah, because I stuck a fiver on it because I just do that. <laughs> I like throwing my money away. I thought, do you know what? I know they have had a bit of a good run of form, but they haven't been great. And I genuinely thought after watching us in the FA Cup against them, that we could at least force a draw. Maybe, you know, one of those scrappy goals that we get that we get that will just bounce off someone's body part and into the goal. I thought that might happen and then we might scrape three points. I didn't really think, looking at Arsenal re- recently, that they would come in. I know that you did put on um, Twitter just before Steve 3-0 and I was like, oh, Steve's wrong. I've got this right. But no, Steve was right as usual. Um, it was embarrassing. <laughs> it, was, it was embarrassing to watch. There was no sort of, you know, fluidity once again, every single time. Um, we hardly had any chances. 
Wilson was looking quite visibly unhappy at the lack of service to him. Um, and I don't understand, because Steve Bruce picked this up, and I think everyone was a bit like, oh, he said gloves off. No one believed it was going to be gloves off, but you think something different is going to occur here. I mean, if you listen to the commentary, they were like, someone, I can't remember it said, that, oh, it's like watching a new team with a new manager afterwards. Oh, I was fuming. I was like, what are you on about? Like, it was not like that at all. It was like nigh on what we watch every single match. Um, and, yeah, I just found it completely disappointing. The usual dross that served up um, and the usual excuses afterwards that are made for it. And... You know, I, Jolinton on the wing, as I, Kendall said, with Lewis, that doesn't work. Even on paper, that doesn't work. So, why on earth he's thinking of trying that? I wondered why Manquillo's been out for so long. I don't know. Is he a COVID? It's all becoming a mess. And it's it's too convenient for Steve Bruce uh, mm. to come out and say he's got COVID. I'm just reading it. Barry Hogan's put there. Bruce says Gale's unwell. Not COVID, just not feeling well. Yeah, I mean... It, it's a convenient. We have watching that yesterday. <laughs> it's a, well, yeah. It's it's a convenient. It's a convenient excuse to put out there, though. And yeah. I, I sympathise if any of these guys have got COVID or had COVID or whatever, because it, it it's clearly an awful, awful, awful virus. And if you get it and you get a bad a bad dose of it, it's it's going to be difficult to come back from it. However, you can understand Newcastle's lack of you know, Newcastle fans' lack of belief in. Steve Bruce, because there's just that much, you know, rubbish being spoken um, about gloves off and hand grenades and you know, COVID and you know, you're telling you're telling me that somebody's ill with COVID yet they're flying over to France and they're standing there with a family all over social media. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I don't buy it. You know, there's and, and I'm not talking about the rumours that are flying around about you know player player unrest and this that and the other. There's clearly something massively wrong in that dressing room, Sav. And you know I, what it is, you know, we'll probably not know. But it looks as if he's completely not only lost the dressing room but lost the plot because the stuff he's coming out with. Normally, it doesn't make sense to start with. But the stuff he's coming out with after, you know, pre-match and after match, none of it's making sense. It all sounds like absolute gibberish. To be fair, his um, press conferences last week, they were so unprofessional. Some of the stuff that he was coming out with, you know, oh, we were shy. Oh, I'm lower than Absolutely a Absolutely frigging shy. That's what Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, well, who, like, what manager comes out with that? And it does, like you say, it does sound like he's lost a dressing room. And he's lost half the players because, like... You know, some of them were back for last match that had disappeared again yesterday. And I don't understand. There's no, there's nothing said about where they've gone. They're just completely missing again. I don't understand. If it's COVID, and I get there's fatigue. I don't massively understand the long COVID, but I know that fatigue does affect. But we've had quite a long break from Sheffield United. So you would think that they've all had quite a long break in between and they'd at least be on the bench. But there were some that were played and started that were completely missing for yesterday, which makes absolutely no sense. But not, like you said, nothing said. And I think that's where not all the anger lies, but a, quite a vast majority of the anger lies in the absolute lack of communication from Steve Bruce from the club about what is going on there. Because it's just so unorganised. It's like a circus. It's like it's literally like watching, you know, unorganised chaos every week. Yeah, it is. Uh, Sam uh, Moza says, uh, so Carol needs crosses. So he puts a crosser on and takes Andy off. I mean, this is the kind of thing we're witnessing 
you know, away from the cameras, away from the media and, and all that, but his actual managerial decisions, as if they couldn't get any worse. You know, he's, he's, he's been there for 18 months. He suddenly st he turns around now and says, you know, I'm going to do it my way. Well, what the hell have you been doing for the last 18 months? And then last night, he, he, doesn't, he plays Andy Carroll up front. He plays 4-4-2 and he doesn't play any wingers. And then as soon as he brings a winger on, he takes the biggest, he takes the biggest threat up front, i.e. for winning the ball in the air and knocking the ball down and Andy Carroll and takes him off. I mean, it, it's just crazy. It looks as if he's playing for the sack. Yeah, I mean, I always wait to see what the team collection is before I make a determination on my And um, as soon as I saw the team, I thought, what is going to be the plan here? Because as you said, I wouldn't start Carl. I don't wait Carl. You know, he did well in the top, but then Arsenal would have been ready for that. So it's like, what, what was the point? And I thought, I didn't think he was very good. I thought he laboured to last at certain points. It's like his mobility. That's what I said. I mean, I like England to um, Alan Smith. <laughs> we got Alan Smith from the United because he wasn't a striker anymore and we turned him into a builder. Um, and he was on a fortune and he was useless. And I, I think that's almost what Carl's become. But, you know, Jolint was on the left wing. I feel so sorry for him, sorry, left midfield, because, you know, since he, this might fall, he plays best off uh, Wilson. He hasn't played him there. He shifted him about all over the place. And I don't know what his rationale for this glove soft football was last night, whenever he put players where he did and he chose the players that he did. Kraft shouldn't have been in the team. Lewis could have worked, but again, you know, Arsenal are, we've got a young team that are fighting for their manager at the minute. Shelby, fucking awful. And that's, those set pieces were an absolute embarrassment. And there's been a lot of statisticians on Twitter saying, you know, if you look at the different stats, he wasn't the worst. Did he impact and affect the match positively in any way? No, he didn't. So although he might have been hitting long balls accurately to a player, they were not causing any danger. They weren't, it wasn't what we needed to be doing. Um, and then, you know, if he's not effective in that way, he's not doing anything defensively. So John Joe Shelby is in that team to create chances. He's not creating chances. He can't be in the team. Matty was awful. Clark was awful. Um, Almiron pride his best, but he's running from, you know, just outside our box. Wilson couldn't get into the game. So, again, it comes down to what was the plan when he played Carl up front with Wilson and he didn't really play wingers, never mind the substitutions. How did he think the team was going to play in order to get us a goal to create some chances? Um, I didn't get it. Um if that is, you know, dependent on player availability, apart from St. Maximum, if that was his team that he thought was going to be able to go out and do something, as you said, he can't be playing, you know, he can't be managing for his job. There's just no way. Um, even when he brought Murphy on, it, he could have brought Richie on. He didn't bring Richie on, so I don't understand the, the choices. Then he brought um, Anderson on, which was great to see, but he gave him a couple of minutes. You know, what, what was the point in that? Um, and it was great to see that Anderson was really tried on Twitter, etc. But there was, there was no point to it. Um, 
I'm trying to think of positives because I promised I would come up. <laughs> I would come up with a positive. Yeah, my positives that Anderson got on, but um, you know, it, it keeps. I keep thinking it can't get any worse, and I do feel at this point it was it was better than Sheffield United, but it just it wasn't the right setup. It wasn't the right set of tactics. It wasn't the right set of players. And I don't, you know, people have quoted stats about. I think he's played eight different variations of midfield, centre midfield partnerships, and you know he's played I don't know seven different tactics. You can't keep changing it. I don't, you know, I don't know what what he needs to do, but he has to find a way of ball retention, and the players not automatically putting themselves under pressure. Um, I, I just, you know, the games are coming thick and fast. He has to find a way. I think he's going to be sacked. I don't know. I honestly think Mike Ashley's got a massive decision to make. He either backs them. If the takeover's close, maybe it'll make a decision on bringing players in or a manager in. If it's not, what is Mike Ashley going to do? He doesn't want to put his hand in his pocket. But he can't afford for the club to go down. So, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I can't see Bruce being sacked before the end of the transfer window. But what does that mean if we have played another, I think it's what, three games until then? And we still haven't won. If West Brom and Fulham keep picking up points, um, we're, I, I, I can't see a way out of it. Yeah, it's a thoroughly depressing time to be a Newcastle fan. Uh, it makes you want to turn to drink. But uh, in dry January, you don't turn to drink. You turn to the old coachhousedistillery.co.uk. They're our sponsors for StreamYard this month. They're the world's first alcohol-free distillery. Visit their website, enter the code OCHD to claim your introductory 10% discount and get the most out of your mindful dry January. Now, Samantha, you have some. Yes, Is it? I do. What's it like? It's lovely. Um, as soon as you open the bottle, so I got the silk roots, all you can smell is the spices. Like, as soon as you take the cork out of the bottle, it tastes just like gin. So I have it with, you know, some berries and cardamom and a little bit of orange and just the normal tonic. Honestly, you can't taste the difference. It's beautiful. I would recommend it. There you go. And you couldn't get a better endorsement than that. And uh, I'm sure Old Coach House Distillery will be very happy. Big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk, makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend in Newcastle. Our long-term sponsor, they make our T-shirts, which you can buy at newcastlelegends.com. Big shout out to John at Jab as well uh, for uh, continuing to support us too. Uh, Katie. We'll keep the best till last. <laughs> Here come the swear words. I'm sure there'll be a hundred. I don't know what you love things knitting and cake is, but you've not spoke about it once. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, here we go, Katie. How nice was that little chat then, just about gin? That was nice. That was. So nice, so nice, but now you've got to get on the jump wagon and uh, <laughs> enjoy your ride about Newcastle. Newcastle would you just fuck off? Because it's just depressing as fucking shit. I missed the first 10 minutes because I was in the shop and I cleared the shop out of Ben and Jerry's. And like, I was like, oh, if anything would happen, it'd happen in the first 10 minutes. And I wish I'd just stayed in the shop for the whole fucking game. It was fucking pathetic. 
again, I didn't. I decided um, not to watch Bruce anymore. So I was so confused when I went on Twitter and everyone was talking about gloves, and I'm like, why? Is, why are people not allowed to wear gloves? Like I didn't get what you all were talking about. I felt like right twat because I'm like, why is everyone talking about gloves? Like I don't get it at all. I think I stopped someone as well for a little bit to try and work out because they seem to be in with the glove thing. No, bollocks. Absolute joke. Like, also, um, it's a bit harsh because obviously this is his first game in charge considering we've been doing it someone else's way from judging. But <laughs> it's, it's beyond pathetic now. And the only way now is down. We're fucked. We're, we're just fucked. We're actually fucked. Like, beyond fucked. Like, oh. And you know what's annoying as well? Unless I'm like, just like reading shit. I'm pretty certain that we've got some people that are out of contract in six months. Isn't like Shah out of contract in six months? Yeah. And uh, Gail. And well, everyone can just fuck off. No one wants to fucking play for us. Everyone's literally like the faces when they're playing can't be asked. Miggy, Miggy, the guy that misses a sitter and smiles last season. You, I don't think he could smile ever again. He's broken. The, the smiling man's fucked because of this shit. I can't be asked. I literally can't be asked. It's so annoying. It's so annoying being a Newcastle fan. Like, I'm beyond annoyed. Like, I'd rather just, like, knitting. And I can't knit because I just put holes in shit. But I just don't know. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Can someone tell me what to do, please? Because I'm losing the will to live. Like, I'm literally losing the will to live. I do this thing every match, no matter what, I'll go. I'm not watching it anymore, I'm switching it off. And I can't switch it off, it's like I'm just addicted to it. I'm addicted to getting myself just wound up and just watching shit. I, I like, literally, if I don't like, like, some of that on the telly, that's normal, I'll just switch it off and I won't give a fuck. But no, I have to watch every single part of the New York match, and then I have to watch the highlights, and then I've got to watch match today, because obviously I have to watch match today because of Alan, but he surely would understand if I don't want to watch it because of it. But it's an absolute joke. Like, Arsenal, not people, Arsenal fucking shit. I had the um, in the cup. I had people messaging us after the match. Arsenal fans. I've never spoken to any Arsenal fan apart from Sav. Sorry, Sav. I never never speak to Arsenal fans. And the messages and they're all like, "Oh, don't. Um, I'm, I feel really sorry for you. Um, it must be really shit here." And I'm there thinking, "Hang on, what the fuck's going on here?" Normally, I'm used to just having Man United fans taking the piss out of us. I don't have people being nice to us just because the team's being shit. But people can actually see how pathetic we're doing. And then, like, last night, again, straight away, met straight away, honest, like, I'm really sorry, I don't know how you're going to survive. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to survive as a person, let alone the fucking club, because I can't keep watching this shit. And it's only going to get worse, and Villa are not far off from being fucking second, and it's just, oh, why have you made us come on this show? Like, it's annoying <laughs> now. I was all right before, I was tired. I thought, I'll try and convince them to do, like, a Q&A about someone else. See if we can diverse on this whole football malarkey that we are currently playing. But we're not playing football at all. We're going on to a pitch with the aim to get a draw or don't lose. Don't touch the ball, though, because obviously the ball's got some kind of, like, I don't know, maybe the ball's got COVID because we don't want to keep hold of it. Well, all we want to do is just give it away. I don't want to talk about football. Can we honestly not just talk about someone else? You know what I want your opinion on, Katie? What did you think about Ryan Fraser's red card? I don't mean to wind you up anymore, but I just want to know. Well, you fucking... Well, I've, I'm, a, I'm a stingy bitch, and I don't pay for anything. So I'm 
I'm always a little bit behind. So I saw that it happened because um, I think some some messages just went, oh no, Katie, and I was like, oh, oh what do you mean, oh no, Katie, what have I done? I've done fucking nothing. I was like, oh no, this has to be the little man. And then I thought, I was like, ah, it was <laughs> it was stupid. It was absolutely ridiculous. But I felt like he was like paddling me, like he was just pissed off. He's like, I don't want to play football anymore, so fuck it, I'll just get sent off. And then he was, to be fair, he was fucking lucky that he didn't have to play anymore in that match. He was just absolutely stupid. But I reckon he did it on purpose because he thought, do you know what? I've made a massive fucking mistake coming to this club because this is not Newcastle United. I don't know what this is. This is like some kind of junior high school like team. But, but no, I can't blame him. If I'd have been on the pitch, I'd have done myself. To be fair, I probably wouldn't have moved. I'd have stood there whole time writing the people because you can't play fucking football properly because you don't know what they're fucking doing. Anyway, Did you not see so, Jack Grealish's comments about Steve Bruce's training sessions, though? Yes. Where, where he said he just used to he used to get them in a group and shut the ball in the middle and go, go on then. Why doesn't that surprise us? It doesn't. It doesn't. It, honestly, that is, I can just saucy. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, Tom Dixon says, Katie, you need to invest in a light or a lamp because he's struggling to see you. Right, the thing is, right, is these lot, I don't know about Sam, but these lot have got these ring lights. I can't use a ring light because I wear glasses and I look like a twat if I have a ring light on because I've got bloody circles on my eyes. And then if I put the big light on, it's like fucking battle illuminations and they're down the road and pisses off anyway. So, <laughs> I don't, I, to be fair, I, I, in generally, I, I would be further closer to me lamp, but I've had 45 minutes sleep. I'm absolutely knackered. My eyes are stinging, and I can't be fucking up. That's it. Fair enough. There you go, Tom. Uh, there you go, Tom. There's your answer, mate. Um, uh, just glad. Yes. Just to let you know, um, we still have this up. It'll be finished for bidding at about quarter past eight. John from. Uh, Q-Tech will keep an eye on that for us. It's the Jump Wagon t-shirt, so all funds raised go to the food bank. So last chance to bid on that. I think it was at about £40 uh, last time I heard, but it might have changed uh, considerably. So uh, have a have a check on that. Um, let's talk uh, Mark Hughes. Uh, that's a name that's been mentioned, Kendall. Um, would you welcome Mark Hughes to the club with open arms if uh, Steve Bruce got the bullet tomorrow? It's like choosing... Right, I'm going to give you an analogy that people aren't going to like, but this is what I'm going to... It's literally <laughs> like choosing whether you want the McCann's <laughs> or, like, Joseph Fritzl or look after your bands. Fucking hell, man. That's a, what it's like. It's a new one. It's a new one. I've not heard that one. I've heard a couple of uh, alternatives, but that's definitely new. Isn't it, though? It's like, the. would you want shit or shit? Mm-hmm. I'd gone for shit and shit, but our man, that's a bit. So you do not want you do not want Mark Hughes as what's manager. The, what's the actual point? Well, he did go into Man City before they got taken over, so there could be some kind of you know. So, yeah, some kind of like omen, is in like yeah. he goes into a club before they get taken over. And remember, he got you know, Rubinho. With, with all, the, all the conspiracy theories that goes around Twitter, Blumenell, don't start that one off because that'll be <laughs> we'll not be able to handle it. Yeah, so a simple, simple answer to a simple question. No, you don't yeah, want him. No, Sav, is there anything positive about Mark Hughes looking to get back into football and potentially hanging around Newcastle's uh, suggestions like a bad smell? I mean, if there is some sort of omen, then maybe. I hadn't thought of it that way, which is why you shouldn't start these sort of things. But 
I agree with Kendall. I kind of think, you know what? Steve Bruce is shit, but then maybe it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't sort of situation. And I think if the takeover is looming and, you know, it is going to happen, maybe that is the reason why Steve Bruce is still in the job that he's in and just leave him there for a bit to, you know, take his gloves off, put them on, do whatever he wants. Um, and then hopefully in the not too distant future, he can just be quietly shipped out the door, off into retirement, do his oil painting or whatever the elderly do, you know, in the daytime and he'll have good fun at that. You know, I don't, I don't hate him. And like the abuse that he gets, like, oh God, people putting death wishes out about him. It was actually making me feel really uncomfortable. I don't hate him. He's just not very good at what he does. And, you know, Fair enough to him. He's sticking there because he wants his paycheck at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't think he's... he's. There's no fans in the stadium. Makes sense for him to stay as long as he possibly can. And like, but like I said, there's probably a reason behind that. But, yeah, I'd probably stick with what's there for now. But I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't want him. OK. John asks you... Uh, he says, do I have any contacts with journals who can put questions to Steve Bruce at a press conference? John, I do. I have lots of contacts with journalists. However... Um, the problem the journalists have got now is with COVID, they can't actually get to a press conference to see Steve Bruce. So what they have to do is they have to do digitally, like we do this show, uh, which means that Steve Bruce really can, you know, play around with technology. Can I didn't quite hear that. Or he can just move on or he can talk over the top of people because technology, unfortunately, isn't as advanced where you can have like a, a conversation without really, you know, messing the sound up or not quite hearing. Um, it, it's not working, mate. And um, that's the biggest complaint the journalists have at the moment. They, they can't ask those serious questions, which a lot of people want answers to. And unfortunately, it's very easy to swerve, um, you know, questions and answer sessions. So that's that's the answer to that. Um, Samantha, uh just Mark Hughes, really, just a, a brief one on that. Yeah, so <clears throat> whenever the news broke yesterday, I was horrified by the very thought of it. Watched the performance last night and thought, you know what? I don't want my club to get relegated. I don't want to go down. Same as Sav said, you know, if, if the takeover's coming, if it's going to be here March, April time, then you, ha you hang on because... You hope you're going to claw together some points and then, you know, we can give them a handshake, get rid of them, you know, make changes. It's all positive. If it's not, it comes down to a decision of who's going to want the job and are they going to do a better job than Steve Bruce? And I honestly cannot see him turn this round. I can't see him get the players back on side. So if it then comes down to the, the fact that maybe Mark Hughes is the only calibre of manager, then we have to take him because otherwise we're going to get relegated. So that's the choice for me. Would he be my number one? No. But do I think Bruce can turn it round? I can't. I can't see it. So, yeah, I, I, not willingly, but I don't, want, I don't want the club to go down. So we have to look at the greater good. Yep. OK. Mark Hughes, Katie, yes or no? No. What a stupid question. No. I've made it brighter. Is it brighter or brighter now? Yeah. Because yeah. Tom, Tom makes an effort, and, and obviously I was, I was being a ranty, grumpy knob. So I've made my effort for Tom. Cause he always, Tom, um, Tom might want you to turn the lights off now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You are so much better when you just don't speak now. 
and be quiet. Right. Sorry, miss. No, no, no. Well, no, what was the question? Do I want... Mark Hughes. No, yeah. you don't no. want Mark Hughes. No, because what's the point? Um, Gary Neville said it perfectly. It doesn't matter who comes in now. Um, nothing is going to change because it needs to change further up. It needs to be a whole new coaching team. And it's literally get Mark Hughes in and, and not no difference. It'll just be basically someone with a different face. That's it. That That's the only difference that will happen. A different face. I'd like Joey Barton because I think he'd be a cunt with this. Oh, for God's sake. Now I've said <laughs> I try so hard not to say that one. Yeah. Because I think he'd be an absolute arsehole with the team. And I think the team need that because as much as we literally berate the fact of what um, Bruce does, we berate the fact that what Ashley does, those lads on the pitch, the only person that was actually seen to be doing any form of running yesterday was Miggy. And the rest of them just look like they just could not be fucking off. So, nobody's the answer to the question. Anyway, I've di- digressed, as usual. Yeah. Sorry. No problem, no problem. People ask him what T-shirt Sav is wearing. Well, all will be revealed in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we can look at that later. And uh, Katie, give us a little link into the next subject, which, of course, is pundits and... Uh, not sure if you all saw it, but uh, I'm sure you'll have seen the feedback on uh, social media. But Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville discussed in depth uh, Steve <laughs> Bruce and Newcastle United's uh, current predicament. And it looks as if the tide has turned on Steve Bruce Kendall with, uh, you know, with the pundits. And those two gave a fairly good assessment of where our club's at at the minute, I thought. Yeah, did I, right? I'm, I was actually really thoroughly in agreement with Jamie Carragher, really. Um Gary Neville, not so much. He did make some decent points, but um, he also did, you know, give Bruce a little bit of a leeway and and side with him a little bit in terms of um, he didn't pick up on the fact that, you know, he had 100 million to spend um, and sort of glossed over that a little bit. So, yeah, Jamie Carragher spoke very well, um, very succinctly about uh, the club and the situation that we have right now. Um, It's nice to see some pundits are changing their mind. Obviously, you know, we've still got some on that little radio station that you like to make a frequency on with them, um, you know, Simon Jordan and that. Um, yep. Nice to see Darren Bent. Uh, he's lovely um, laundry today. Like, he has any relevance to Newcastle whatsoever, that, apart from the fact that he played for friggin' Sunderland. Like, what's his relevance? What the hell does he have to do about it? Like, nothing. Stop speaking on things that you don't know about or you have no idea about because you just look like an absolute tool when you proved wrong. So just be, like just leave it at that. It's just to get bites. Like that's all it is, and it's just embarrassing. But it's nice to see the the big time pundits, if you want, because I mean, wouldn't call Darren Bent necessarily a big time pundit. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see Jamie Carragher and Gary, you know, actually telling everyone realistically how it is, and it's nice to know that it's not just now Newcastle fans who are seeing it for how it is. Because we're trying to argue our case and it's like, sometimes it's like talking to a brick wall like and people are understanding and they're just seeing results for face value and it's difficult to try and get them to understand because they don't watch us week in and week out. Do you know what I mean? We're not a team like that people want to watch. We haven't been for a we long time. We don't want to watch us. No, we don't even want to watch us. Other people aren't going to. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see that people are actually understanding it and seeing it now and realising that we're not unreasonable as people like to call us. 
Yeah, Darren Bent's just uh, still annoyed with me, I think, for when I worked on the door of Tiger Tiger. And uh, I stopped him getting in at the VIP section. And um, he was standing there with uh, a few others, Lee Catamore and, and the like. And uh, I said, you've got to hold on, lads, it's busy. And then uh, the, Amayobi, the Amayobi brothers came st- walking down. They hadn't quite made the first team by then. And uh, I just let them straight in. And uh, it was Darren Bent who actually turned to us and said... Uh, well, how did they get in? I said, we've got to let the footballers in first, mid, And uh, that was it. Said a deadpan. I thought it was funny. And uh, so did most of the Newcastle fans around us. So uh, Darren Bent's probably got it uh, in for most Newcastle fans anyway, but me in particular. Sav, um, the pundits, there's a little bit of change there, I think. Uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, Kendall's right. Gary Neville, of course, probably has Steve Bruce on speed dial. He says he hasn't seen him for 10 years, but, you know, he played with him. He knows him. He probably respects him uh, a lot more than maybe his character apparently does. They're under, apparently they're under the same book agency as well. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, but it was nice to hear the tide had turned a little bit and there has been a lot more um, realistic punditry from those who don't really know anything about Newcastle. Yeah, do you know, it's, it was actually quite nice to hear other than being told that we're deluded and, you know, it, all the, that they usually come out with. Um, I think, to be fair, I think probably because there's been quite a lot of noise around, uh, you know, Steve Bruce's style of football, people are actually now starting to pay attention to it. Whereas before it's like, oh, typical Newcastle fans always kicking off. Um, one thing I did notice in the commentary yesterday, they speak about us like our players, like they're little kids. They're like, oh, see, that was a little bit better. That's a little bit better from Newcastle. Like, we don't usually do that. And, you know, we do, they make us sound like, you know, our players are little children who just don't know how to play. E, well done. You passed from one <laughs> black and white shirt to another. Well done, son. <laughs> it was exactly like that at the time. And, you know, I just, I think that hopefully, you know, if people are starting to notice, then that will sort of feed, although I do think it probably already has feedback to Steve Bruce because he has his little hissy fits and throws his toys out of the pram every now and again anyway, doesn't he? But it's just that little bit of progression that if the takeover's not going through, then hopefully either he'll get fed up with it and say, oh, do you know what, that's it, I'm off. Or they'll say, right, well, that's enough, you get out now. Uh, you know, I think that I'm hoping that's sort of the way it's going to go. It's it's better than what we used to get, what they used to say about Newcastle fans anyway. So, you know, it's all good. Okay, yeah, uh, Samantha, it's, uh, it, it was interesting to hear both of them speak. Carragher, of course, I did mention it on the uh, on the show yesterday that, um, you know, he, he used to pop down on a regular basis when he was covering the sky and meet Rafa when I was uh, working with Rafa. And um, they've got a good relationship. They get on quite well. And uh, he did bring Rafa into the equation yesterday. And he did make that point that Rafa, you know, had made, made a profit for Mike Ashley, whereas Steve Bruce had spent £110 million. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good, good analysis, good commentary. Um, you know, Neville came out and said, like, we need new owners. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I'm just at the point, and I, I was quite vocal about it on on Twitter today. I just want, I just want the rap of comparisons to stop. It's not helping anyone whatsoever, and it just keeps coming back to it. Um, I don't know if anyone heard Simon Jordan <laughs> talking about Newcastle today. Um, if you haven't, please have a listen to it. My favourite part was when he said that if Andy Carroll was a horse, she would take him out and shoot him. And he actually said that on Talk Sport. Wow. I was absolutely gobsmacked. He got hammered. Like, he, he went through the team player by player and gave an assessment of them. And, um, yeah, Carl got the worst of it. Um so yeah, they're changing their tune, but yeah, 
you know, there's still those phrases coming out, you know, what are our expectations? We want attacking football. No, we don't. We want our players to be able to pass the ball to each other, to be able to throw the ball to each other. Um, for the goalkeeper, you know, to not have to make 16 saves a match. I find those the lowest of expectations, yet we have high expectations. So, I mean, it's good that the analysis is out there, but to be honest, I'm, I'm at the point now where I just don't want to hear anything about it. You know, I, I want to go into Katie land where I just, you know, I block it all out. And, you know, when match day rolls around, I watch all the highlights, game, everything, and then I go back to blocking it out again because this circus will continue until something breaks. Um, and hopefully it's, you know, a change at the top. But I'm just sick of listening to everyone have an opinion and telling us that our opinion is um, irrelevant or, um, you know, our expectations are just high. Yeah, fair enough, Katie. Pundits, um, you know, it's, you know, it has been a bit more refreshing, but usually they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> no. Do you know what, though? Gary never won it for me because I didn't really listen to them. I, I kind of just stared at them. Um, afterwards, and I was like, I was too busy debating whether I should have had my second tub of Ben and Jerry's right after the match, or I should wait until <laughs> later. So after the match, I didn't really have a clue what it is. But it was um, it was Gary Neville's face um, during half time when Carrie was saying about um, how he's been enjoying Newcastle's performance during the first half and how they've been pressing. And it was just it, you just saw Gary Neville basically like, the fuck are you watching? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? His face was absolutely, it was amazing. It was just like, it was almost as if Carrie was being pranked and he had was sat watching like some um, 90s match and was like talking about that because fuck knows what he was watching because he wasn't watching us. Um, but the only bit I actually paid any attention to at all was um, a really small bit of Gary Neville saying that um, they need the takeover and nothing will change until it changes at the top. Everything else, I zoned out. I went fully into it. I want Ben and Jerry's, so I paid no attention. Um, they, they, they are, Sav's right. They, they will have other opinions because they don't watch us all the time. Um, Kendall's right. No one wants to watch us. Um, I don't want to watch us. Um, I feel really sorry for Alan Shearer because obviously, um, one, he's not married to me yet, and two, <laughs> the fact that, um, it's just like he never fucking won anything when he was there, and it's just like now he's now he's um, and it's just like give the guy a fucking break, like literally, he needs a fucking break. We need to be able to provide some decent football. But just to go back to the other question, um, because I saw somebody mess put a comment on it before. I, I'm so tired, by the way. I keep on doing this because I'm fucking blind tonight because I'm literally can't read. Um. Warren Barton said he'll be our manager. He said definitely. So I reckon that we just get him to show up. And um, if he just keeps showing up, we can convince um, Bruce that he doesn't work there anymore. And <laughs> that it's all been a dream. And then Bruce might stop going to work. And I think that would probably be a really good thing to do. Okay. Um, good. Good stuff. I've got one more question, but I do want to say that the T-shirt, uh, the Jump Wagon, has made £50. Uh, we have a winner. Uh, John will let us know who that is, and he will contact Steve Hasty. So, well done. Someone is now the proud owner of that one-off Jump Wagon T-shirt. Now, we were getting asked, what is Sav wearing? Sav, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm 
Well, I'm wearing this T-shirt. Please don't. It's how me and uh, I don't know how to hold on. It's how me and Shah spend our weekends. Is that lined up? Hold on. Yep. Go. Yep. Yeah. I do have a spend every weekend. (laughs) So when he's not at matches, that's what he's up to. There we go. So there's there's Sav, a bit Fabian. Yeah, that's very <laughs> sit Fabian, it says. Yeah, fantastic. That's uh, So that's the latest Food Bank t-shirt. That will go up tonight. Um, and you've got a week to bid on that. We will be back for Ladies Night next Monday, of course. And that will be when the auction stops. So I will pin that on my Twitter at Steve Wraith. Just come on and bid for it. So uh, there was a question here, which um, I do want to find. Where is it? Uh, is it John. Is there it is. Cake? No, it's it's no, it's not about cake. John's question. Question for the ladies. Ball. Are the players to blame for the current plight or just the manager? Kendall, uh, Steve Bruce is getting it in the neck. Do the players have to have some responsibility here? Um, obviously, of course, because it's not Steve Bruce, you know, going out onto the pitch. But if you've got a manager like Steve Bruce, where's your motivation coming from? Where is your team morale coming from? There's players there who are completely playing out of position. There are players who clearly have no system and no idea of where their ball's going. And obviously this all comes down to coaching. It's the ability of the squad is obviously not a personnel issue because we have good enough players to, you know, get a result. Like we have decent players. Um not like obviously all the best or anything, but we have some decent players in my opinion we have players there who were there under Rafa and who we came 10th with so why now when you've spent 100 million is the squad not improving do you know what I mean like there's no correlation there's things are worse obviously Steve Bruce can't be 100% to blame because as I've said he's not the one going out on the pitch so yes the players have got to have some onus in the fact that um, they're the ones going out there and they're the ones whose heads are going down like after the first goal yesterday no one was interested it was it that was finished it was done um, so obviously they've got to be criticised somehow but a lot of it is obviously coaching and instruction and um, you know positioning and tactics so obviously it's shared blame but we all know and I, everyone always says this and we all know that there's only one person physically to blame and that's obviously not Steve Bruce nor the players um, but right now currently for the way we're playing and stuff it is Steve Bruce and the players yeah, okay, fair enough. Sav, uh, what's your take? Are the players just as responsible as Steve Bruce? No, see, I don't think so. But then I have some weird loyalty to the players where I just don't like to say anything bad about them, unless they're really annoying me. But it was like, this is why I asked Katie about what she thought about Ryan Fraser, because when Ryan Fraser got sent off, he looked like he could not be asked. He could not care less. In fact, you know, like Katie said, he looked kind of glad that he was going, to be fair, and I sort of don't blame him. And I was watching, again, the um, Bobby Robson uh, documentary at the weekend. And the way that he, you know, really put his all into motivating the players. And like they were saying, you know, we didn't go out there. You know, we went out there to win for him and to do well for him. I don't see that, obviously, reflected in Steve Bruce in any way. Even in the minority, it's just not there. And... I think that, you know, Steve Bruce, at the end of the day, is the manager. If you're not performing well, that sort of falls back on your manager and they need to act on something. And he's obviously not acting on anything. He can, you know, talk all what he likes in the press conferences about, oh, this, we're going to be, it's going to be better, you know, all this or whatever he comes out with. But unless it's transpired onto the pitch, it's not there. You know, and Steve Bruce, like, players have regressed. Like, Fabian Shah's regressed. You know, Lascelles has regressed. It's not... 
it's it's not something that I think I think it's happened since he's been there, and he's a, he's so negative. I I can't blame the players. I think to be fair, like looking at Ryan Fraser, he looked like he was having a laugh. To be fair, and I think if I was that unhappy in my job, I probably would be too. I get that he's being paid an awful lot of money, but so Steve Bruce being paid an awful lot of money to be there to coach these players and to bring them on, they're not coming on, and therefore I think the ownership lays with Steve Bruce. Yeah, okay. Very strong opinions, different opinions. Sam, where do you stand? I actually had a <clears throat> disagreement with somebody on Twitter about this today. Um, I think the players do need to take responsibility because at the end of the day, it's their job. They're professionals. And yes, Steve isn't setting them up right. But some of these players came out early doors and said that they preferred his approach to Rafa's. Rafa was meticulous and and extracted every ounce of ability out of that team. Every ounce of it because he was meticulous. He gave them instructions. You know, he, he didn't really give them love from what I gather. But they went out and they gave everything. They left everything on that on that pitch. Steve doesn't do that. He doesn't seem to do tactics. Throws the ball into the middle. Tells them to have me kick about with it. You know, but he puts his arm around the shoulder. And he, up until this week, has defended them. So, you know, they have to take responsibility as professionals to do everything that they can. And yes, tactically, they may be restricted, but I just don't get any passion coming through from them. And sports people generally motivate themselves unless they're the wrong personality. And I think a lot of these players have the wrong personality. So when the chips are down and we're in a really difficult position... They're not going to motivate themselves. Therefore, the coach or coaching team need to do it. And that's where the struggle is or the captain needs to get involved. But I feel like Lascelles is part of the problem because we've talked about it so often going back to that championship season and how he called everyone out and he got everyone together and he, he drove them. And we said, well, that is him. Is it? Actually, somebody on Twitter said earlier, maybe that was the anomaly. Maybe that was a one-off occurrence, and that's actually not him. Um, so you have then Shelby as your backup. Jesus Christ, what would you do for John Joe Shelby? He does nothing for you. And these are the people that you're giving the armband to and expecting them to drive your team to deliver. So I think we have a problem in mentality in the squad, um, and I think Bruce's management isn't good enough. But I, I, you know, you can't leave it all on Bruce because these these players need to have respect in what they're doing. But some of the, you know, they're just coming out and saying we need to do better. We, you know, Lascelles yesterday. We need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, nineteen games in. What else do you need to do? Um, I've heard, you know, I feel like they need to have a fight. I feel like there needs to be another Dublin incident. You know, something has to give in that squad to get us back to where we need to be. Um, and Maybe I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, there's no desire to fix it and have it out and tell the people that are being shit and collecting a fortune. You know, that's not good enough. Has anyone called Ryan Fraser out? He's on 70 grand. He's barely been fit in a year. So he's picking up his wage. And when he gets a chance, and I don't think he should have played because he wasn't fit. Did anybody fucking drive him into the wall and ask him what he was doing? Probably not. Probably, you know, he's only going to be out for a game. We'll see if he's, you know, fit to get into the team the next game. 
you know, there's no desire and that's exactly what needs to, to change. Um, and they need, they need to take responsibility themselves. Bruce shouldn't be telling them to do that. That should be in them as professionals. Yep, here, here. You won't get any argument from me on that. Katie, your view on this, please. Yeah, I, I, I put blame on the players. They're there to do a job. They should be playing every single match to try and ensure that they get into the next um, match and again, next lineup. Um, but no one seems to give a shit. There's no reactions of anything. There is no captain. We just have someone who wears an armband. You can't, you cannot tell at all that we have a captain. Um, everyone just seems to be a case of, oh well, we'll 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 do better next time. No, you need to be pissed off. You need to be like Charles was that day when he was going mental on his uh, post-match interview. Um, it just seems to be complete inconsistency. One week, one of them will be like um, pushing really hard, and the next it's like, oh well, nobody else is. I can't be bothered. They need to they need to fight for their their place in the squad. Yes, we know that Bruce picks the squad. We don't know what the fucking hell goes on at training apart from Piggy in the middle with the ball. But um, obviously Bruce has to take some is is going to take a flag. But at the end of the day, the footballers they're supposed to have a passion to play football, and none of them look like they have a passion to play football unless it's the young lads coming in on their debut, and they're like that because they want to play football, whereas our team don't look like they want to play footy. So I have to give them some blame because I'm not watching Steve Bruce running around. I'm watching them. So. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's all good points. Uh, what have we got to do to stay up? A lot of people are asking. Well, there you go. We dust ourselves down. Um, what else? We're a bit naive. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We rode our look at times. I mean, it's all there on Brucey Bingo. Um, what what do we have to do, though? That's what Moz is asking to stay up, Kendall. What do we do to stay up? Nothing. <laughs> but I think there's too much for us to do to stay up because there's about seven million things that need to change. Look. Just forget about Mike Ashley for the moment. He's not the easiest person to drive out the club. He's, he owns the club. It's up to him whether he leaves the club. We cannot argue whether he leaves the club or not. He's the diff most difficult person to get out. So right now, for our disease, we need to treat symptoms. Steve Bruce is a symptom. So we need to take him. You know, we always have, well, not we, but specifically teams always have a new manager bounce, I feel. Obviously, when new managers come in, they always have a couple of games where they kind of win and they play and... They're trying to impress the new manager and things like that, which we could really do with right now just for a boost. Um, and then on top of that, we need a couple more solid players because there's players there we can't rely on now, like Jamal Lascelles, for example. I would quite happily have Jamal leave in the summer. Um, it wouldn't bother me. I would have Shelby leave in the summer. It wouldn't bother me. There's like, there's about probably about 10 players I wouldn't care if left. And that, for me, two seasons, three seasons ago... I would have really been upset if anyone left. And now I, quite frankly, would probably only keep about five, if, if that. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, as I say, we need to just treat symptoms of the disease right now because with the takeover so up in the air at the moment, there's nothing really we can do regarding that. Um, so, new manager for me who... Not a, a same old. We don't need a same old. We don't need a Nigel. Well, I, I don't... Nigel Pearson, for me, like if temporarily maybe would be better but it's just going to be the same old story we need someone who is go going to want to make the players play they're going to be sort of fearful of this new manager in terms of the no mediocrity is not going to be good enough because Steve Bruce gives some excuses every single game before the game he gives some excuses as to why they've played badly or why they've lost 
So why would you then go out and play your best? Because you, your manager's happy with mediocrity. Your owner's happy with mediocrity. So why would you then think, oh, I'm going to play at the best of my abilities. I'll just play, all right, I'll just do what I need to do and that's it. You don't have players wanting to do their best or unless they're getting a move. <laughs> and then you'll obviously see them, you know, pick up their heads because they're like, see ya. So, um, so, yeah, I just think you need that, a new manager in who can utilise these players better. Yeah, okay. Sab, what do we do, uh, you know, to, to stay up because we're in a relegation fight? Well, the problem is, is if we don't get a new manager, something's got to change with Steve Bruce where he just motivates them. But I just can't see it because like, even Steve Bruce isn't motivated on a normal day. So I, I kind of agree with Kendall. We need a new manager in to drive a bit of, you know, something into them because at the moment they're all just... They don't, like I said earlier, they don't look like they want to be there. They don't look like they can be arsed. They're not bothered about winning, losing. They couldn't care less. And that's sort of, you know, within the whole squad now. It's kind of sad to see. Um, but, little tip, and I feel like I should ring Steve Bruce about this. If I'm FIFA, my squad aren't behaving. I've got one that's having, you know, just lolling around. It's usually Shelby. I stick him in the reserves and he stays there until he sends me an email saying, oh, please, can I play? I just don't, I don't want to be sat in the reserves. And then I'm like, right, yeah, you can play as long as you try your hardest. And he comes back and he does well for a match and then he goes back to the reserves. But yeah, I think that is a winner on the idea. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a score update. Sunderland 1, Plymouth 2, 67 minutes played. Happy days. Uh, yes, Samantha, what do we do to stay up? Seth just stole my point. I was going to go at it from the football manager angle and I would have said, I'd be taking Lascelles, I would be taking Shelby, I would be taking Carl, maybe Richie, and I'd put them all in the reserves. I would just get them away from the team because I don't, I, I just don't feel like they bring anything. And he's trying to shoehorn players into a team that just don't fit. For me, we need to find a way to retain the ball we need to find a way of stopping the ball from bypassing our midfield to our defence. It's the most embarrassing thing. Like, Arsenal cut through us like butter. Um, I think we need if I have a midfield. I would go 4-5-1 and wingers, actual wingers, proper wingers, pace. Um, and I would have to brass the back in nets. And, you know, I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and people have argued with me and they've said, you know, but he hasn't done anything wrong. And, and I completely appreciate that. But sometimes you don't need to do something wrong for somebody else to have more of an impact on the team and be brought in. And Arlo's distribution was shit last night. And that invites pressure back onto us. Um, and Dubravka has better distribution. I said it last night. I don't hear Carl Darlow. Whereas in the cup match, and it could have been the BBC coverage, I heard Dubravka shouting, talking, and he comes off his line and he tries to come out and, and, and you know, kick in the box. It needs to start from the back. And we just need to stop playing players that don't deserve to play and not play them in the wrong positions. But I think we need to get control of the midfield. And I think, you know, he's been setting up defensively not to concede, but he's not doing it in the right way because he's doing a back five low block and we can't defend. How about we try and stop the source <laughs> Um, and we try and block the midfield and then hope that if they still manage to kind of get through the lines, that the defence step up and do their job. I think that's the only thing that we can do aside, you know, if we change the manager, we change the manager. And I think new manager bounce will get us 
a couple of wins. And I think we only need, you know, four, four or five wins, a couple of draws. Um, but if there's no manager change, he just needs to stop the ball coming at us like we're playing ping pong. Yep, fair enough. Katie, uh, last one to you. Just, you know, what do we do, do to, to stay away from the relegation battle and, and stay up? Go have some fucking goals. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that was such a Michael Owen-esque comment, wasn't it? Like, we've just got to score one more than the other team. <laughs> we've, just got, we've got to actually know where the goal is and score some fucking goals and not in our own fucking goal. That's it. That's all we've got to do to stay up. But we can't play football to a fuck. So, yeah, score fucking goals and keep all the fucking ball. Simple. That's it now. I'm finished. I'm done. I don't want to talk about football anymore ever again. If you want to talk about football, I will be back tomorrow, of course, with uh, with Liam Kennedy. It's uh, slightly out of sync because Newcastle played Arsenal at the weekend. But Liam, of course, from uh, the Shields Gazette will be joining me tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock till 7. And then, of course, don't forget, Daz, uh, Chris and Martin are uh, starting their own little project on the channel. I'm not involved in it. Uh, Loaded Football Weekly starts tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. And that is a show... Not about Newcastle. It's a show about football in general. And uh, they're promising us uh, lots of new stuff on there. Uh, it's an hour-long show, and that will be 9 o'clock until 10 o'clock tomorrow night. So uh, look forward to that. And uh, ladies, let's hope that the next seven days is, is a little bit happier and we can all be in a bit of a brighter mood next week. But for can now... Can we that? If we ever play on Monday again, that will just do the show anyway and just ignore us. <laughs> 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 ignore the fact yes. that we're playing, because I think that's what we should have done yesterday. <laughs> Brilliant, good suggestion. Uh, and if you want to check out Kendall, um, what's your YouTube page, Kendall? Just Kendall Raw, and um, you'll find me on there somewhere ranting about Bruce Lee. <laughs> good stuff. Well, let Samantha get back to her gin. Uh, ladies, see you next week. Take care. Good night. Talking to myself again